Welcome to the Seek Outside Podcast. Yeah, there's there's no question to know. David Lean. And you were the uh, head chapter leader of Colorado VHA? Clay Hayes. Uh, well, I got stalked by a mountain lion, uh, made a fishing pole out of a lodgepole pine. Falconry and bird dogs, can they coexist? Oh man, and do they. Shitty weather and lots of bears. That's what this podcast is about. You made a point when you get up in those high basins and the thunderstorms come rolling in. That's how I got into trail running. Some people are just wired that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. A long time. So, um, Nathan, you done anything interesting lately? This is your first trip to Montana, right? Yeah, you know, I went to market on front this morning, had some coffee, got a breakfast burrito, took a walk down by the river. It was really nice. What about you, Ryan? Uh, you know, I'm in the same boat as Nathan. Breakfast burrito, I actually got a sandwich, you know, switching it up a little bit. Place is awesome, everything's great. Oh, yeah. You doing anything interesting, Clay? Uh, well, I got stalked by a mountain lion, uh, made a fishing pole out of a lodgepole pine, caught a trout, had that for breakfast, made a fishing lure out of a old rusty bottle cap, you know, just standard stuff. Oh, yeah? Man, you that's sh- you should really try the, the <laughs> breakfast burrito, man. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> I had a trout taco. <laughs> trout taco. Not this morning? Yeah. Uh, that was uh, last September. Last September? Last September. So I got dropped off uh, on a remote backcountry lake in central British Columbia and uh, was a participant on the show alone. Nice. Yeah. What did you take from that? Um, it was, I had a lot of time to think about my life. Uh, a lot of time to be introspective out there. You know, you're, you're totally by yourself when they drop you off. Uh, you do all your self-filming, um, and you're you're given time to like question, you know, why you do things the way that you do them, and that's something that's uh, it's hard to get these days. You know, we're so like always, always distracted by social media or, or other people or something like that. Like having that alone time to to look inward is is a valuable thing. Yeah, I, I enjoy my alone time, but I don't know about. Alone, alone. A few time. months of it, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, or potentially. Now, you, you're you a pretty skilled outdoorsman, and I imagine you brought a very unique skill set to them because you're also a filmmaker. Yeah. And you used to be a wildlife biologist. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I've always been an outdoorsman I've always been attracted to wild places and wildlife and hunting and fishing and and always did those things when I was a kid I I was really into primitive skills um, and just like a you know survival skills if you want to call it that and um, so I spent a lot of time doing that I spent a lot of time in the woods you know making snares and, and and fishing with you know like bone gorges and things like that because I thought that was cool you know, and I never thought in a million years it would ever end up turning into anything. And, and lo and behold, here comes this show that's like, you know, my life is a resume for this thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I mean, you practically, then they might consider making you producer or something, you know? <laughs> I don't, those guys, the the producers and the, and the editing crew, man, they do amazing work I, and they have a tough job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what surprised you the most, or can you, I mean, there's a lot of things you can't say about it, and I have TiVo'd it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. The first episode's out, right? Yeah, so the first episode's out, um, and it's, I guess, I can't really talk about what surprised me the most at this point, because it's it's going to be part of the storyline that they tell, you know, but I, I can tell you that what... What I thought was going to be my biggest challenge didn't end up being my biggest challenge. It was something that I didn't expect, you know, that ended up like uh, being something that was a major, um, major thing for me to overcome, you know, while I was out there. 
seems like uh, that tends to be the theme of these seasons here is, is you know, it, I mean, obviously starvation seems to be a pretty big issue once you once you get near the end, but it seems like the biggest obstacles in being alone is the mental aspect of it. Did yeah. you find that pretty true? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, it, everybody tends to focus on the physical aspect of this, you know, like survival skills, which are, are important, very important, um, and for some people more important than others. Um, but I think that the mental side of it is uh, something that's underrated as far as the importance of it. I mean, you have to be, uh, you have to be very stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) I I bet. I mean, stubborn is good in a lot of things. Yeah. Competitive things. Yeah. It's good in building a business, um, a certain degree of stubbornness. Right. I think that that, that, that's a great, that's a great analogy. You know, what it's the same, I think it's the same personality traits that it takes to build your own business to be an entrepreneur because you have to be you know if you're if you're going to pull through something like this same with building your business you're going to come up on obstacles that that could easily deter you you know could easily cause you to quit and go back to something with more security it's the same thing you know when you're out there you can you can you can tap out at any time you can go back and you know have a cheese burrito and uh and sleep in a warm bed you know but you gotta you know if you're gonna stay you gotta pull through that how many times did you find yourself longing for like fast food or a hotel room i can tell you that i wanted to leave every single day that i was out there you know i wanted to go home and see my family uh because you know with the with covid and all that stuff like we were there we were i was away from them for a long time before we ever got into the woods you know with quarantine and all that oh really so so it wasn't what you see on the show isn't the whole time you know we were yeah we had you know anytime you cross uh well you know we got special allowance to cross into canada um but we had to we had to quarantine you know for the two weeks and then you know you have a, a an orientation period and then you then you, then you they launch you oh really yeah so what was the orientation period like uh you know you're just going over the rules and and the the fishing game regs and kind of getting the lowdown on the area and and they do like a camera training thing and bear safety and all that stuff so did you have to like follow fishing game regs out there or were they a little bit loose yeah you have to you know they can sometimes get allowances, I think, for certain things, but for the most part, you're following the, the, the regs for the area. I was wondering that. I, was, I always wonder if, you know, uh, if a guy gets a moose or anything like that, if, you know, they must pick areas that you don't have to draw into. It must be over the counter, right? Otherwise, yeah. if it's a dry area, it's kind of doesn't really matter if you, if you can survive or not. You can't kill anything. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were able to hunt deer. Um, cougars bobcat things like that and then all the small game there was uh um rough grouse there were spruce grouse uh hares things like that were there any other big animals in the area oh there were grizzlies everywhere but moose yeah i saw moose um you know but the 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 most prevalent big game animal that i saw was grizzlies i mean everybody was dealing there was bears everywhere that doesn't give you a lot of comfort (laughs) (laughs) when you're you're sleeping under a a flimsy tarp on the ground yeah did it it start to uh i guess you slept lightly often i actually slept i actually slept very well it didn't bother me for some reason um and i don't know why i mean if i had you know so far on the season they've only covered like the first five days or so and so i can't really speak about what happened you know after that but there was grizzly sign all over the area like uh, like um the place that they dropped me off you know as soon as you hit the timber line there's a rub tree right there with grizzly hair stuck in it you know where they it's a it's a marking post where they'll stand up and rub on it and so that's like you 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 haven't even got into the woods yet and there's grizzly sign right there. Yeah. I, I want to do some housekeeping here for a second because we know you and have known you for a while, but I'm thinking a lot of people that are listening probably won't. So, Clay Hayes, you're from Florida. Yep. 
So grew up in the deep, deep south, mm. doing a lot of offshore fishing, inshore fishing, uh, hog hunting, things like that. I met you at a traditional archery shoot in Tennessee years ago where you were teaching a primitive bow building course, which you do frequently. I would say that you are a master craftsman of Osage uh, self bows. Mm-hmm. Um, have been doing that for years. You've been hunting with self bows for 20 years yeah. exclusively. Almost exclusively. Almost. Yeah. And uh, you're also a, a YouTuber and video content maker, filmmaker. Uh, you've got uh, a very popular YouTube channel, which is just Clay Hayes. Yeah. Uh, your name, H-A-Y-E-S. Uh, so guys, look him up. He's got some really good stuff out there. Um, you're a wildlife biologist. Yeah. Worked for years as a wildlife biologist. And then decided that you were going to take a different path in life for you and your family. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, so I, uh, you know, I had seven years in, invested in college, you know, to be a wildlife biologist. And then I had 10 years with the Idaho fishing game. Um, but during that 10 years, I was also making YouTube videos. Um, and I started that with that, you know, without any expectation of it turning into anything. I just did it because I like to, you know, the first videos that I put out was just teaching people how to make bows. I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed making the videos. I enjoyed teaching people. And I was good at it. Like, I could explain complex processes in a very easy-to-understand way. I would agree with that. Um, and so, you know, I started making them like that. And eventually, I, you know, we're here at the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Rendezvous. Um, I, I made a film about what like how i feel about hunting and that was called untamed i think that was 2013 or something like that and it premiered at the bha rendezvous in denver and that was my first like big exposure to you know to a crowd and that that video did very well and after that it kind of started picking up then i started doing a video series for bha called backcountry college it was Mm -hmm. just teaching basic outdoor skills and, uh, and things started picking up, you know, and eventually, you know, by 2017, so a long time, you know, I, I started, I think I put my first YouTube video up in 2009. By 2017, I'm making money and making enough money to where I'm like, and, and using only a small percentage of my time to do that. And I thought, well, you know, if I can make this much money with 5% of my time, I know that I can make it. Mm-hmm. If I just dedicate myself to that. And so I gave my notice November 2017 with Fish and Game. And two weeks later, I was on my own. Yeah. Did you, uh, so just with the whole YouTube thing, did you get to a point where you knew that that was kind of going to be your your path? Or were you were you hesitant to dive into just living off of YouTube at all? I it, I was not hesitant because I... I had, I knew that I could, even if the YouTube thing didn't make it, I can do anything. I can build barns. I can, you know, whatever. I could make a living doing something. So I knew that, you know, we weren't going to lose the house and things like that. But it's still like, for my wife, it was pretty stressful. Oh, yeah, I can you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we have, you know, when I was working for a fishing game, you got the security blanket, right? Yeah. You, got a, you got a steady paycheck. You got health insurance. You got, it's, it's, it's secure. But when you decide to go out on your own, you've got none of that. You know, it's it's up to you to sink or swim. Um, but luck, I mean, everything worked out good. Everything worked out good for me. But like, the I think the only way that that turned into what it turned into is because I was I did it because I love to do it. If I had started out in 2009 or whenever I put my first video out, if I had started out saying, you know what, I'm going to make a living doing this, I never would have stuck with it because it was a decade. Yeah. You know, I, I put out content for five years before I ever saw any money. You know, I didn't try to monetize anything because it wasn't like my plan. You know, it just, ha- it just happened to turn into that. Nice. That's awesome. Is that, um, is that how they got you on the show was from your YouTube page or did you apply how did you uh i was actually recommended uh by a former participant on the show yeah um it it just seems like you know the first couple seasons i'm a big fan of alone 
and uh, it seemed like the first couple seasons they uh you know they'd have some people in there that would spend a night out there they'd hear you know a footstep in the grass and then they'd they'd hit that that satellite phone immediately it seems like you know as as the seasons went on they got a lot better at selecting people was it like it was it uh what was the vetting process did you have to did you have to go to like a I know sometimes they had clinics or kind of like tryouts or whatever. Did you have to do well, something like that? Well, my season took place, you know, during the whole shutdown thing. So there was no like, you know, you couldn't go anywhere and, and, and meet people. So it was all like virtual, you know, online type thing. But it was um, it was a multi-tiered selection process. You know, they didn't just say, hey, you, you know, we want you to be on this show. And then it's done. You know, you had to you had to go through multiple levels of, uh, you know, demonstrating your skills and, and um, you know, different interviews and things like that before they made their, their final selection. So they were like, hey, Clay, can you build a fire using a bow drill for us and send a video in? Yeah, exactly. And can you that type shoot a bow? Yeah. Or whatever? And we, you know, I was in a, a, a pretty unique situation because I had, you know, terabytes of footage from you know from my yeah. hunts and you, you've got videos on youtube from three years ago doing yeah. the stuff that they're wanting you to yeah. be able to do yeah and so i just i pulled a bunch of that stuff and just like sent them a whole you know hard drive worth of stuff do you know how many contestants there were i mean on the show there's what 10 or yeah, 12 10 and then but how many were they looking at was it like a hundred or a thousand or i don't know 30? i mean they get they get tens of thousands of applications oh they do every year yeah um but i don't know you know like i don't know how they break it down you know how, how they end up with the the final couple that they have i'd say they look for three or four that are highly qualified regardless of personality they look for a couple that are spicy and uh give some interest and uh maybe they look for a little tension or conflict at, at some point Trying to build a show, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Good, good speculation. I don't. I, I, well, I don't. <laughs> you you mentioned you mentioned yesterday that I mean it is all real. It's, yeah. Is there's no WWE like Clay? We're going to send a grizzly in. You're going to fend it off with your cue the bear. Yeah, yeah. Cue the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Here's your bear. Old, old face ripper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I mean, it's. There's nothing else out there like it, um, you know, in the TV world. It's it's as real as it gets. I mean, they there's nothing contrived about the, the the when they drop you off. It's 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 they drop you off with your ten items that you select and a case full of camera gear, and then they leave. And it's up to you, you know, to make that to to utilize whatever resources you have, you know, to make a living there. And you don't have any you don't have any say on where they put you. Um, they, you, you don't be, you're not able to look at a map, which is frustrating because it's, you know, you don't, you have anything that's on that land that's there. You don't know it's there until you find it yourself. Do they blindfold yeah. you going in too and spin well, you around? They, the, no, they don't blindfold you. Um, the interesting thing about our season was that it was, uh, there was wildfires to the South and the wind was blowing that smoke up. And so, uh, on the boat ride in, it was so smoky that you couldn't see the the shoreline and so it's hmm. you might as well have been blindfolded hmm. i had no idea where i was hmm. one is the logistics of that are just really interesting to me I'm, it's an amazing show it's an amazing concept i'm just sitting here wondering how many pages the hold harmless agreement would have to be <laughs> that the lawyers come up with on that <laughs> i mean it's just incredible that that it's just incredible to me um knowing you and knowing what I know about you, you know, you live in Idaho. Uh, you're also, I would say you're pretty expert at wild edibles as well. You know, you do a lot of, you do a lot of gardening, you do a lot of that stuff, but you also can gather things, um, and have been doing that for years. So when I saw, you know, none of us knew that you were going to be on the, the show. I guess you had to keep that pretty close to the vest, but, uh, when I found out, and then I found out where they put you. I thought, man, that is right in Clay's wheelhouse. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I, he's 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 got the same flora 
and fauna. He's got the same plants and animals that he's familiar with. He knows animal behavior. He's got resources he can use there. That is just in his wheelhouse. I'm going to imagine Clay had like a full cabin by the time he left, you know. Yeah. Like, a, like a working recliner? Yeah, 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 exactly, with like three or four bows for different situations. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe a big and, uh, caribou Euro yeah. mount over the fireplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. caribou furs for warmth, yeah. you know. Um, no, ser- seriously, when I, when I saw that, I thought, okay, this sets up very well for him. And uh, my concerns for you in the season are going to be um, – same concerns that I would have. You know, I've got a wife and two kids. It would be really hard for me to be away from them. Um, your wife has got to be a just phenomenally tough lady. She uh, is. I've got I've got She's mad amazing. respect for her. My wife would have a lot of trouble with do, it. Do they do they send your family like a thing like we got a pulse from Clay today, so he's still alive? <laughs> yeah, they, they they try to keep him updated. You know, they can't tell him like what's happening out there, hmm. but they could tell him I'm not dead. Oh, okay. Like That's daily good. or That's weekly good. or what? I don't know how often they 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 keep them updated, but you know she was she was updated on what was. Can we talk? Did they monitor other things like your heart rate? Your... Oh yeah, we can talk about like the med checks and stuff. Um, you know, on the so periodically they would come out and you know do med checks and they'll show that on the show. You know they'll they'll show that when they come out and do those things, and they're just taking your vitals. You know. Uh, they take your weight, uh, blood pressure, heart rate, all that stuff, making sure you're not getting, you know, frostbite on your toes. They want, you know, the last thing they want is for someone to be, you know, put themselves at, 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 in serious danger. And, and, you know, people will do that, you know. And we've seen that on, on some of the previous seasons. You know, people are dogged. They're they're tenacious. Um, and, you know, they've had to pull people for medical reasons before. They did that last season with um, was it Callie? Yeah, I mean Callie was. Yeah, she was going to amazing. stay. She's amazing, and she was happy about it. She had frostbite on her toes, and she's happy about being there. And was yeah. talking about how much she loves it. And you think about the, the the mental, just the 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 resiliency and the toughness that that takes to be able to do that and and maintain a positive attitude. I mean, I, see, I don't know. I think some people are just wired that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like my my grandmother's ninety nine, and I've never seen her mad, and she's just happy no matter what's going on in life. I think some people are just blessed with that. Yes, and some I people agree. struggle the other, you know, the other direction. I was gonna ask, when they come do those med checks and get you new camera batteries or whatever, um, does does that help your mental? Like, was that were you looking forward to that each week or whatever? Like, just because you'd have that human interaction. Um, well, no, not really, because, um, it can be a bit of an inconvenience, you know, because I've got things to do. Mm. Um, uh, but then the other thing is they don't like when they come out and do that, it's not like they're not coming to visit. Yeah. You know, they're coming to, to, to do the things that they need to do and they get out as, as quickly and efficiently as they possibly can. And so they don't chit chat. They're not going to hug you. No, they don't give you any information. You can press them for, you know, you can press them all you want for info, and they, they, you know, they don't, they don't talk to you. So they, they don't even tell you like, well, there's only seven people. No, left no, no, no. You don't know. You, you don't know. You mm-hmm. might be 80 days in. There might be all 10 people. Yeah, you don't know anything. Or it might be two. Yeah, you, have, you have no you could, idea what's going on. You could be others. two days away from winning, and you know they don't want you to know that. They want it to be as hard as it was on day yeah. one. Yes, absolutely. So do, do. uh I, I don't know. I've never watched a complete season, right? So do they just show up, like, to the winners? Do they just show up and be like, congratulations, you won? Or is it, do you know? Or, I mean, obviously they've showed it on the other shows, and I just don't know. Um, well, in the past seasons, they have um, they have had, like, a family member come out, you know, and, like, surprise the winner. They're like, come up behind them, you know, and it's this big emotional, like, reunion, you know, because they haven't seen each other in however long they've been out there. So so the winner is going to be there a few days on their own, probably, because they'll, they'll have to be like, oh, Bob's the winner. Well, let's get a family member out here now. Or do they, like, pre-stage them, like... That you know, I, don't, I don't know. I you can don't know. tell you. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned uh, that, you know, you're thinking of heading back every day. You're wanting to head back and have a cheese burrito or whatever. 
what do they have like when you get back? I, I mean, I don't know if that's exposing the fourth wall a little bit too much, but do they have a nice spread? Or do, I, I would assume if you're really starving, they probably have to kind of work you back into yeah, you I know think it, eating. I think it uh, it varies for everybody. You know, everybody that comes out has a little bit different needs. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't. You know, I, I, I would imagine that if you wanted a ribeye, they would probably make that happen. <laughs> I mean, it, it is I'd History hope. Channel. They can afford a ribeye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, the 10 items that you took. I think people would be interested in that. I, I would assume that you're going to post some videos as the season goes along, post some videos on your YouTube channel about yeah the show and the, your experiences. Do you want to – Talk a little bit about the 10 items that you took and the reasoning behind that, yeah, like the yeah, strategy sure. in it. I can do that. So I'll, I'll eventually do, and the History Channel usually does a video like that where you, yeah. you know, they spread out your items and you talk about why, you know, why you chose those things. I don't know if they're going to do that this year. Yeah. Um, but I'll do something like, I'll do something on my YouTube channel. I'll go through all of my gear. Uh, I'll do a review on everything. Um, and also talk about the fishing pole. This was in the first episode, so you can cover it. But, yeah. I mean, you, you basically built a fishing pole just like you would a bow. And obviously you're an expert bow, bow maker. So I saw that and I was like, that's just brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. That's a clay thing to do. <laughs> well, the, you know, going in, like I, I knew that even from the, the start of the selection process, I, I, I was like preparing myself to go in, even though I didn't know that I was going to be selected. I was like, all right, well, if, if this, if I am selected, like I need to be as prepared as I can possibly be. And so I started looking into, you know, different ways, like how do you make a net? How do you make a fishing rod and reel that actually works? Um, that I can cast a lure, um, different things like that. And so, you know, the, the items that I took, I, I thought very, very carefully about, um, matched them as best that I could with the information I had on where we were going. Um, and then so that, let's see if I, I, I can never remember like all of them. So I had a, had a Leatherman multi-tool had a, a sleeping bag. I had a two quart pot. I had a ferro rod and that was, I really debated on whether or not to take that ferro rod. I had a, I had snare wire. Um, I had a saw and an axe, and what else did I take? Uh, did you say the bow? Paracord. Bow. 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 Paracord. Paracord. Snare wire. Snare wire. And yeah. clarify a couple of these. Like, your saw is a silky katana boy. Yeah. This thing's a folding saw, but it's enormous. It's a, a beast. Yeah. You, you can cut trees with it. You can buck, you know, 16-inch oh, yeah. logs with it. So, it, it's, a, it's a beast. Your pot. That's not a two quart pot. I, I know that is a Dutch oven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It, it's not. It's not like backpacking weight kind of pot. Yeah. It's a long term living pot. Yeah. Um, I've had just, that pot. That's an. That's an old GSI pot, and I've had that thing for probably fifteen years. Yeah. That thing's been on some adventures. Yeah. Hindsight being twenty twenty, would you swap out any of your ten items for something else? I wouldn't, you know, I was, uh, I was happy with, with the selection that I made. I used everything to you know, the full extent that I could use it. Um, so even, you know, even after been out, being out there, uh, I, I think that I made the right choice on everything. You know, I really, there was a bunch, there was, I didn't make my final selection until just a few days before taking off. Cause I mean, it was, there was like a core group of things that would have gone anywhere it didn't matter where they put us i would have taken that core group of things um but then there were other things that like i kept going back and forth on the ferro rod you know being one of them because i i'm very confident in my ability to make a, a fire with a with a bow drill um but at the same time it's like so they you know, set you in a swamp somewhere and it gets really difficult you know i can make i can make a friction fire in florida where it's 90 percent humidity yeah. you know after it's been raining for three days but the thing is it's like if 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 i do that first of all it's a lot it's a big energy expenditure mm. you know to do that but you know you can make a fire and you can keep it going but then you've got the energy expenditure of you know you've got to cut wood 
you know, and constantly. And, and up there, it's all lightweight conifer. It's all lodgepole, and that stuff doesn't like if it, if we were down in the in an oak forest, you know, you take a twenty inch oak log and and that thing's gonna burn for four days. That's a different story, you know. But if you you pile a pile a fire up with lodgepole rounds that are dry and that thing's ash in the morning, and so for me the 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 decision to make a ferro rod versus taking you know just making primitive fire was all about just energy being energy efficient yeah you know because i know like right right you did, have to did be. you have to decide did did they tell you you were going to a cold area or a warm area before you made your final gear decisions um no we i mean we we had a general idea of where we were going i knew knew that it was going to be you know somewhere central bc okay um so i knew it was i was prepared for it to be cold yeah I'm glad we weren't on Vancouver Island because that place <laughs> would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for those people. Yeah. Now, ferro rod. What was the alternative to the ferro rod? Because you said you debated <laughs> back and forth. Um, I I don't I don't remember everything that was on the choice the list that we could have picked from. Um, I could have taken like a food ration. Um, I could have taken salt. Um, I could have taken. I don't know. There's a number of different things that you can choose from. So you're just eating plain. Did you did you find some herbs and spice everything up with blueberries, or how did that go with just making the food exciting after a while? I can imagine after the fiftieth time you've eaten lake trout, gets <laughs> a little old. Um, well, you know, I, I get, you'll see. You know, as the season rolls out, you'll see some of the different things that that yeah. each of us found, uh, and each of us were, were able to, to forage and catch and, and and kill and things like that. So now, now you, because you've been a filmmaker as well, that's probably a little bit of a different skill set than what they're used to. Did you try to make your filming into more of a story, like you, or more instructional, or where you're like, this is just my day. You know, I, I don't want to screw with anything. They'll, yeah, they'll no, they said, they, they they told us before we went out, like, we don't want how-to videos. And, oh, really? And so, um, you know, I filmed, like, filming things uh, to tell a story is second nature to me. It's because, like, that's what I do all the time uh, during my, my hunting videos. You know, you have to, you have to capture the, the, the different elements of that story to be able to tell that story. And so, for me, that just came second nature um and so i didn't have to think about that much and so it's it's going to be interesting for me as a, a content creator and a, a video maker to see what they did how they edited what i gave them because i haven't seen any of the like i've been asked that you know several times this weekend like have i seen the videos or have i seen the episodes before they air and no i don't know what they're gonna I don't, don't know, know what I don't know what yeah. they're gonna do. With you them. know what they're you don't know what they're gonna pull from the Clay Hayes Mm-mm, video know. collection. No. Now, did you know the people before you went on? Like you're like these are the ten people I'm going on. You guys had a little party, you know, or icebreakers, or was it like? And you're like, wow, that person over there is really good and is my biggest threat, or were you just totally blind on that? Yeah, I mean, you can kind of get a feel for people um, during uh, during the orientation. But, uh, you know, I can tell you that, that people will surprise you. Like, um, you know, I, I had some of my, some of my intuition was right about some of the folks there. I mean, everybody was great. Everybody was good people. Um, you know, but, but there was a few that, that really surprised me, you know, about how they did, which was good. Good to keep you on your toes. How how much did the location factor in? Because even though you're in a you're in central BC, you're on a big lake. He, I think you alluded to there was a lot of variation in where you got dropped off. And I mean, I've seen this in the few episodes I've watched before, where one guy has a moose wandering to camp. You know, um, another guy has a great fishing area, but you know there isn't. You know, you don't necessarily have. Not everyone has moose walking around by them and great fishing right yeah. off the shore. Well, they, you know, they scout all the locations and they try to get things as even as possible, you know, but on a, on a natural landscape, you just have to, you know, you have to deal with what you've got. You know, you can't, there's no way 
to truly make everything a hundred percent, you know, equal across the board. Um, but they really try hard to give everybody a, a fair chance, you know, to give everybody the resources that they need to make a living, you know, and it's just up to you to, to find and utilize those resources. And that's the, that's the mentality that I went in there with. And that they, they, they used that on that first episode, yeah. you know, that voiceover that they used is like, you can hope for, you can hope to get a really good site. You can hope for the best, but the, you know, if you, if you do that, you're, you're likely going to get disappointed or you can go in there with the thought that, you know what, this, they've trust them that they've done their job to find equal areas or find an area with resources that, that you can make a living with and just use your knowledge and skills to, to find what is there and make the best of what you've got. You know, I'm really interested by the strategy piece of it. And, um, I was thinking about something that you said, I guess it was in the narration on the first episode about, you know, how you spent 19 days and this is before the the episode, obviously, this is like last hunting season, I guess you spent 19 days hunting, covering on average four to eight miles and maybe 3,000 feet of gain and loss uh, before you were able to, to get an elk. Yeah. Um, the, cal- the caloric expenditure there would not be sustainable. So that, that's just incredibly high risk, high reward. And then, you know, I've watched some videos of um, like from the 1950s in Canada of the Cree Indians and stuff and the way that they organize their tribe and uh, the hunting and, and trapping and things. And the women typically would be the gatherers of the, um, you know, berries and roots and, and they would do all that stuff. And they're bringing in some calories all the time. Well, then they take those calories and invest them into trapping and they get more calories and then they take those calories and they invest them into the long hunters and the long hunters will be gone three weeks they may wind up a hundred miles away and get a moose and then bring the moose back so that that a big game hunting is a very high risk high reward game and uh, i'm just really interested to to see what your strategy is in uh, you know how you divvy up your time um, you know, do you, I'm just, I'm just really interested to see that cause you've got fishing, you've got wild edibles, you've got trying to, you know, go for a deer. You've got, if you get a deer, you're in a, a huge grizzly area. So, you know, do you do a food cache? Do you do a bear bag hang? How do you, what was going in your mind? I know you can't talk about the results, but what was going in your mind? What was going through your mind as you were going into this? Well, I mean, the, the, the stuff the, that you're referring to was on actually a video that, that premiered on my YouTube channel before, just before the, the premiere of the first episode where I was talking about those things, you know, yeah, about, yeah. about how difficult it is to, to, to take an animal with a traditional bow. You know, it just, you need time, you need opportunity. And our elk season, like, I can't keep weight on yeah. during elk season. I cannot do it. And I'll, I'll eat 3,000 calories like normally I don't eat breakfast and I'll take, you know, some jerky or something for lunch and I eat a big dinner, yeah. uh, but I'll eat, you know, 3000 calories a day and I, I, I lose muscle. I mean, I lose yeah. all my fat. I start losing muscle during elk season just because I'm going so hard and you can't, you can't do that. You cannot keep that up on, re- on a limited, you know, diet. Yeah. And so I'm very, very aware of that going into this. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm there just to, to figure out what is available, you know, and then in that first episode, you see that I, I, I'm finding mushrooms, you know, if that's the opportunity, that's what I'm going to exploit. You know, I'm not going to kill myself trying to, to go after a deer if I'm going to burn myself out, you know, trying to do that. Yeah. I'm I'm just looking for what's available. What what do you think the uh, amount of calories that you were taking in was on average? I have no, no idea. idea. I mean, those d- during that first week or so, I I, I no clue. Yeah, no clue. Uh, they they come up. Lit- I don't know, sometimes they they put like little overlays on the on the screen that you know says how much you've how many calories you've taken yeah. in and all that stuff. But of course, as a podcast, people can't see you, but. Uh, I would say that you were uh, already at a sustainable weight. You know, you're a pretty lean guy going in. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, you see some of these people that lose 50 pounds. If you lost 50 pounds, you'd be in the hospital. Yeah, I wouldn't make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you, you were you were already pretty lean going in. So Yeah, and so I hit the ground. You know, other people put priorities in their shelter. Um, I didn't. I knew that I couldn't afford to not find food. Um, and so that was my priority when I hit the ground is to find food. Mm-hmm. Did you put any weight on before you... Did you just start drinking olive oil or? (laughs) I gained some weight before I went in, um, you know, just eating a lot of carbs, drinking protein, you know, weight gainer shakes and all that stuff. And so, yeah, yeah, I had, I had a little bit of weight to play with, but I also knew that that was going to come off really quickly because I, it's, you know, if I don't eat, like I was eating to to gain weight, I was eating like five, 6,000 calories a day and it was still incredibly, incredibly difficult you know, because I, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's like my tap, my metabolism or just my activity level. Cause I'm always doing something. I'm always active doing something. Um, no, it seems like your metabolism would have trended down after a while. Like yeah. we've talked to like, say Andrew Skirka on the podcast before he says on long hikes, you know, cause he's done these, you know, multi, multi months long. Yeah. Six month hike around. Alaska. Yeah, exactly. Crazy, you know, just crazy stuff. Yeah, he says that somewhere in that one to two week range, his metabolism just jumps up, you know, and he knows it. He's done it enough that he's like, oh, I can get by on 2,000 calories a day for a week, but after that, I'm going to have to bump it up to 3,200 or something. So I imagine with you, your metabolism at some point tapered off to to more of what was going on with what your intake was? Uh, you can't confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was on the, I was on the, the eighth season of, of Alone. Um, you don't have to watch the episodes. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. So. How was it coming back, like, after however long you spent out there? Was it hard, like, talking to people? Like... No, not for me, because I uh, being away like that is was normal for me. You know, yeah. I, it's nothing for me to go into the woods for you know two three weeks and not really see many people. Um, and I don't like we live our you know we don't have any neighbors. We don't have a lot of interaction with other people other than my immediate family. You know, we live pretty far out. I know Dave and Amy Freeman after their year in the Boundary Waters said it was difficult sleeping in a regular bed inside four rooms. They had become accustomed to the outdoor noises as just part of their sleep routine. Yeah, that was a, um, that was a, 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 a little bit difficult coming back, you know, just like, you know, being in a room, you know, and I couldn't sleep for a while. Wow. All this fake lighting. You know. I, think, I don't know what it was. It was just like not, you know, the, the, the lapping of the waves on the lake and the wind wasn't there and, you know. Got to get a white noise machine now, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Turn that AC on, yeah. let it hum. Yeah. Man. Well, I guess we got to start watching Season of Alone, eighth, eighth season. Yeah, it comes on uh, Thursday nights on the History Channel. And I think you can... I'm pretty sure you can buy the episodes on uh, on Amazon Prime. I, I had to do that because we don't have cable. Yeah. You know, we we live pretty far out and just have antenna TV. So I just got it on Amazon Prime. I can watch you on my phone. So all right. So what are you planning to do now? Um, I mean, you've done that. Are you are you just going back to the standard life you were living, or you have some other plans? You know, I, I don't make plans. I don't know. I just kind of go with the flow. Um, you know, we've, uh, for, since I left Fish and Game, um, we've just been kind of figuring out, because there's no road map, like, it's, this this is not a, like, a mapped out career, you know? Right, right. <laughs> um, so we just kind of have to figure things out as we go, but, um, you know, I, I see us continuing on with the, with the, the video content. I'd like to write more. Uh, I've got a couple of books out. I'd like to really focus more on, on getting more of that type of stuff out, because that's, you know, for us, once that's created, it just, it's passive income. It just keeps, you know, it just keeps paying yeah. and it allows us 
to live the type of life that we we like to live you know we, I, I really value my freedom a lot and so we have you know we have a level of freedom that is uncommon you know for people we can I, basically i can work from anywhere as long as i have at least like maybe a couple times a month if i have an internet connection i'm good yeah we, yeah. we could we could do an entire podcast on that because i'm pretty passionate about that same subject yeah, like, yeah. i think most of america are slaves to their possessions yeah they really are yeah yeah you, uh, you ever read walden uh, yeah, yeah you ever read walden yeah oh man i'll have to now you got to get the 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 thing is with Walden like you got it's so antiquated the language and, and and way of speaking that you need to get the annotated edition because there's things in there that you'll read and you're like what the hell is he talking about right. yeah with the annotations though you can like oh that okay that makes perfect it's, sense yeah it's Dude. like it's like Shakespeare if they would put Shakespeare in, in common language it yeah. would be you know the best selling novel did, today did you did you read uh, the Whalen book um, what is it uh, something in the wilderness. Uh, your way, um, I forget, but he's talking about the trips he took in like BC, you know, no. just living off the land and stuff I wasn't, like that. I wasn't aware of it. Um, I did read a couple of books. That's a GoPro. Out of battery. I did read a couple of books uh, in preparation for going out there. I, I've been, uh, I, I've been a student of Stoic philosophy for a, a lot of years. And, uh, so one of the books that I read was, um, how to think like a Roman emperor. It's a great, great book. Uh, it's about, you know, it uses examples from Marcus Aurelius's life and his brand of stoicism. And, but then it, there's this other side of it. It's written by a, I think it's written by a, um, psychologist. Um, but anyway, it, it's, it's all about psychology and, and stoicism and all that stuff. And then the other book I read was, uh, by Viktor Frankl, uh, it's called Man's Search for Meaning, and Viktor Frankl was it lived through the Holocaust, and it's all the first half of the book is all about his experiences in the Nazi concentration camps and the just unbelievable, you know, incomprehensible things that 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 those people endured, and then the second half of the book is like his analysis of, you know, the the mentality of people that, that survived that versus, you know, the people that kind of just gave up. You know, when you read that stuff, it puts our suffering in context. You know, we, f we, we, feel, we feel sorry for the soft lives that we live, you know, compared to, to some of the things that people have endured in his, you know, throughout history. Yeah. Um, you know, the Whalen book is On Your Own in the Wilderness. I just remember the title. So. Getting into the philosophy side of it, I, I was thinking when you were talking about the the time for introspection and and all that. Um, I think if I were alone that long, it would it would be hard, you know, because there's some things that I don't like about myself. And I think if you're alone for that long, you're either going to fix those things or you're going to come to terms with your own imperfection. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a and I, I've not come to terms with my imperfection, so I'm still in the fix it mode. I, I, I think that'd be a, I don't know. I just think it would be kind of weird and maybe good, but also really tough. Well, I think that any time that you ex, if you want to experience any kind of personal growth, you have to go through pain to get there. Yeah. You have to go through adversity and challenge. You have to face those things about yourself. And, and I think that most, the vast, vast, vast majority of people never get the opportunity to do that, you know, and, and being out, being isolated for a long time in, in the wilderness, you know, you have that, you have that, you're, you're forced to, to face those things. Yeah. And so it has tremendous value you know and and anytime you anytime you accept or take on any major challenge in your life and you don't have to go into the woods and like build a cabin and live off the land to experience that thing all you have to do is get out of your comfort zone whatever that comfort zone is and that's something that's hard for people to do you know because staying yeah. like living that comfortable life is so easy today 
it's easier to sweep it under the rug it's, and move it is, on. It also, is. I think I think most people are just asleep at the wheel. Hmm. I really do. They they live they live passive lives. Got a dog fight back here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they live passive lives, and and it's easy to understand because it's so easy to do. But but I think, you know, to 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 develop as a person, to develop character, you know, you've got to you got to challenge yourself. You know, Clay, I think you're giving an excellent wrap up on this podcast yeah i'll, um, I'll be expecting your book on philosophy yeah with your with your maybe, yeah. maybe life coaching yeah yeah i, th- I think there's, you're giving an excellent wrap up there uh, well there's uh, that there's a book there there will be a book that comes out of my experience yeah. here so and there'll, there'll be a lot of that stuff a lot of life lessons a lot of uh that's awesome so a lot it, of philosophy so it changed you as a person a bit can, can i can i reserve an autograph copy absolutely i would i really don't think that you that. can i don't think that you can go through something like this and not come out the other side a little bit different yeah yeah so where can people find you um my uh my website's twistedstave.com um uh, clay hayes hunter on instagram facebook uh, of course youtube just uh just google clay hayes and you'll find all that good stuff can you find all your books on your website uh books are on the website yep yep they're on amazon uh so what are those called for people? Uh, the books that I have out currently, um, one of them is just traditional bow hunting. It's basically a compilation of old articles uh, that I had published in various magazines. And then the other one is about bow building. It's a traditional bowyer's handbook, so it just takes you through the whole process. And then I've got DVDs on there that, that, that uh, basically go through the same thing. I've got a Patreon site that uh, has... A, you know, dozens of videos on there showing people how to make bows. I think on there, on the Patreon site, I think I'm going to start doing more like woodsmanship type stuff too. You know, just like understanding thermals, you know, like basic woodsmanship, you know, trying to get people out to to have a, a better connection with nature, I guess. Well, Clay, thank you so much. Um, we'll be watching. Well, I'll be watching season right. eight alone well i'll be watching right along you. with you <laughs> <laughs> it's a surprise to, it's, a it's surprise almost to as me. much of a surprise to you as it is yeah. to it, us it, it'll yeah. be curious if they make you look like clay hayes <laughs> you know the, <laughs> will the, be. the clay that we know yeah. it'll be really interesting yeah, yeah. yeah it will be yeah it will be well, i appreciate you all having me on yeah you're welcome to join anytime man. all right reach out anytime thanks a bunch